Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's question is, have you ever talked to your kids about death? Nabiha? Well, yes, I have, actually. And being as how I did lose my firstborn son, he has passed away at the age of six. This was a very difficult conversation that I had to experience without really ever giving a thought. I had to go through this experience and talk to a five-year-old. My son had just turned five the week before and discuss this heavy topic with them. But what about you before we jump into it? Yeah, I mean, our family is a very special case because uh, by virtue of what you just mentioned, I've been given a chance. We talk about the passing of Yusuf, my nephew, quite frequently in our house. My kids have grown up hearing him, talking about him. um, And so it has opened the door to that conversation um, throughout their upbringing. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people talk to their kids about it when something occurs. They don't think necessarily... It's not a subject you bring up on a Sunday morning brunch. Like mm-hmm. it's it's it doesn't come up that often with children. So you always want to talk about the fun things in life. So sometimes when these incidents occur, it gives you an opportunity to open up that door and have that open communication with your children. But it's not an easy thing. I tell you firsthand, it was very difficult to have this conversation with my son, especially as things were unfolding when that incident occurred. So I was in a state of panic. My husband all, you know, trying. There were people in our house and police and ambulance and all of that happening while my son was witnessing all of this. So that was his buddy, his six year old brother. So for him to actually see his brother's body and see all these things as a mom, I couldn't shield him from that. And during that time, as much as I tried, it was just very traumatic. So. I think even as children, I think they can really sense what you're feeling and they base their emotion or their reaction off of what they get from you. So it's a good thing to talk about this topic prior to some incident occurring. I think it would be useful and beneficial. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to our episode, we do have an entire episode dedicated to the story of Yusuf and his passing. So I would recommend check that out if you're interested um, to learn about that, especially if it's something that, you know, you or someone, you know, is personally going through. But like you mentioned, it really comes up when these occurrences happen in life and your children were so young. I mean, five years old, that's usually the age when these children start getting curious about this topic and start asking more questions. And so there really isn't that much of a window in that beginning early years. I mean, I, I, I often revisit this conversation with questioning. Like I ask my children just to get a gauge on what they know. <laughs> and, and if you're interested in like, if people are wondering, how do you even begin? Just start with questions and, and just curiously ask your children, like, um, what do you know about death? That's what I asked my children at breakfast this morning to see uh, inspiration for this topic. Um, and what was interesting is that the little one, the, th- the four-year-old, new four-year-old, uh, he just turned four, 
you know, he kind of stayed with us for a few minutes and then he kind of just asked for potatoes and kind of like got <laughs> distracted. And so I realized like developmentally, he's probably not ready to like get intense about it. But the six-year-old was extremely interested in the conversation and had a lot to say. Yeah, as they grow, they change and their development changes. So you have to use language that is age appropriate when you are talking about a topic as heavy as this, because they want them to get the information. But at the same time, you got to gauge it and you can gauge it, like you said, based on the questions you ask, based on the questions they ask. So that information, it, it needs to be given to them, I would say, in small doses mm-hmm. so that they can be able to digest it and kind of fully understand what you're saying. And just having that open communication with your children on not just this topic, but just a variety of topics, anything. And I try to tell my children and as much as it's difficult that no matter what happens in life, good, bad, ugly, you can always come to us. Like I want to get that across to them to have that communication uh, with any conversation that we have. So especially this one, this is a very important topic. And I will tell you, you know, seeing as how my children had an opportunity to discuss this topic numerous times throughout their life when they were very young, seeing their their cousin Yusuf's pictures. And then we did have an occurrence where our family pet passed away, um, tragically, actually. And that was a huge opportunity. My husband was very sad about it because he loves animals. (laughs) And um, he took my eldest with him to bury him and talk about it, let that process And then, of course, the virus, you know, right now with the pandemic, talking about all the death that's happening around us, like it comes up over and over again. And you can have your children can have a healthy relationship with death. And it is something that can be shocking. They see how we feel. So sometimes the work with them starts with us. You know, we may have some processing and some like thinking and reflecting to do before we come to them so that they're not sensing anxiety and and negative energy um, related to the topic, um, because it is just a topic that we we can understand to whatever degree our our mind lets us. And, you know, we've heard those stories of when a pet dies or like the family pet dies and they're like, oh, we sent him over to a farm. He's living his best (laughs) life, running wild and free. And the parent just outright lies to the child. And they have this belief that like, okay, Rover's somewhere on that farm. But (laughs) I don't think that's the best way to go about this topic. Because once you start something off with a lie, it's very difficult to like rewind that and go back from there. Because kids, they'll call you out on it. They'll be like, didn't you say, you know, they'll they'll bring it back up. So I would say the first thing is don't lie to them. If something happens, just let it be. And you have to share with them as much as you can. And again, age appropriate and in doses of the information they can handle what the truth is. So if grandpa just passed away, you have to let them know and involve them in it. And even though it might be a shock for you, take a moment so that you can gather your thoughts and your feelings, because it may be something that is someone that is close to you. So you might have to be able to step back and get yourself composed before you can actually deal with your children. Yeah. And I, you know, I like that idea of allowing it to be something that is open, you know, it's honest, but it's also vulnerable and it's okay to be sad. It's an opportunity for, to let your children have that reverence and that understanding that we don't just say like, oh, whatever, somebody died, you know, that type of attitude and that type of behavior towards death is not appropriate. It's not something that is how we want to view it. We want it to have a a reverence and a value for life. 
Um, and so we want it to have a different tone. You know, when we talk about this, all of that body language that you bring to the conversation and that the emotion is a good thing. It, it lets our children know, like, this can be a very sad topic for people. Because a lot of times children don't have that gauge. Like, oh, he died, <laughs> you know? Um, very and true. so they need to be taught. Don't say that, you know, think about it, say it in a soft voice, say passed away. Um, that's a better way to say it. Like sometimes my children, like my, my son, I asked him, um, how does somebody die? And they're like, oh, they get killed. And in his mind, the only way to die was to be killed, you know? And, and so when we started talking about it, we brought up a lot of other ways people die, like sickness, um, accidents. I mean, there's so many different ways. Um, and so that kind of broadens their scope now and understanding this topic um, because ultimately I feel like as human beings, we have this inherent fitra, this understanding of like our, our, our natural state to know that this life, this earth is not forever. Like that makes sense for us, whether we can put it into words or not. And so the idea of leaving this earth in some form, leaving our bodies, it is something that is logical, you know, that we're not going to be here forever. And so it's a, it can open up these tawheed and these belief concepts as well. Death also connects us to the hereafter. And that's an important concept to be able to teach your children and help them connect that to Jannah. And having these conversations, it's also a teachable moment with your children to engage in other larger discussions that you may want to give them information on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that you just mentioned, the, the lessons and the value of that is allowing them to val be, be thankful for their own life because they realize that people don't have a guarantee to live forever. And so I was, uh, one of the questions you can ask your children is when do people die? Like what age? And that will kind of open up the conversation. Well, some people die when they're young. Some people die when they're old. Some people die when they're in the middle of their life. There's different stages. Um, I know that we've had friends who've had miscarriages and their children have passed away and we've went to their funerals to bury their babies. And that's something we talk about. So ironically, I feel like my children have gotten a really big lesson in death because we've just gotten a lot of exposure to it over the course of the past six years of their life with when I mentioned Yusuf and our pet and then our friends and various Janaza, like all of these opportunities. But I look at them and they're not afraid of it. They're not shy from it. They they understand even with um Eid, with the the killing of animals. Have you talked to your children and, and how is because that's a that's a tricky one sometimes. We have talked to them about Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam and the sacrificing of animals. And they've actually gone and witnessed that. And as you mentioned, there's so many ways in which people die and also animals. It's a good way to connect all these concepts together. What I found useful when um, actually my son Yusuf had passed away was a lot of people sent us books on how to tell kids about death. And one that was very, um, it was actually a couple that, that were sent to us and they were storybooks about, oh, my brother just passed away, different things about children and how they feel about this or my pet passed away. So they were like, there's so many storybooks that are available, but they were useful in reading this story and then talking about it, asking questions to kind of get the conversation going. So having these, either borrowing them from the library or you know, I used to share them out like the books that we had with other people who have gone through this with their children so that they can. It's a, it's a way to open up that conversation. Um, also, another one we had, which was great, was like the feelings one where it had different faces that the kids can talk about how they were feeling at that time. But when these things occur, it's important to not hide from it. Yes. Meaning 
you have to address it, especially if it's, some, if it's someone who's close to you. You have to let them know that their feelings are valid and it's okay to cry. It's okay. It's it, Crying can be healing. It can be beneficial for everyone. And then if it's somebody that they're close with, it can allow them a way to grieve. So they're going to look at you for all the answers. When somebody passes away that's close to you, they're looking at you. How is mom reacting? How is dad feeling? So if you go in a closet and hide, and come out and only showing this happy face all the time. It's not authentic. It's not true. They're going to think that death is nothing important. It's just something to just hide away and you don't show your feelings. And I don't know if that's the best way to deal with that. Mm-hmm. It might it might give them a false sense of normalcy when things may be completely not normal at that time. Yeah. and And if your children are the right age to start witnessing. I mean, this is a frame of reference for them as they grow and grow into men and women. You want them to reflect and remember seeing and and being affected positively by the experiences that they went through. Um, and, and like you mentioned, one of the things that helped us recently is that we were able to visit Yusuf's grave. Um, and when we got there, that was our first time visiting a grave site as a family, you know, after like, no janaza, nothing. We're just going to visit that. My children are like old enough to understand what's happening. Um, and we were able to sit and, and they saw myself and their father, you know, crying and, and making dua. And it's really important because it got really serious for them. And they need to see that at times we're joyful and we laugh and we have fun. And then other times we're sad and we remember that, you know, this life is something that has greater meaning. Um, and so opportunities like that are, ah, they're so special and so important. And I realized that we don't do it enough. <laughs> and that's what I came away from that. I need to visit my grandfather's grave and even my grandparents um, on my mom's side. I want to make opportunities for my children to connect with our relatives and our loved ones in in this way. Yeah, it's so important. It's very, very important because then they'll see it, witnessing it through the eyes of their parents, which I think that's a greater learning experience than anything. You can actually tell them they can feel that. So how do you go about like, what is the conversation? Like what words do you use or how do you go about explaining this? If you've never done this before or had this conversation with your children, what would you recommend for people? Well, I think the terminology is critical. We want it to have the kind of level of that. This is something really important, um, but it's not something to be afraid of. So Things like passed away, or instead of saying killing, we could say, you know, for aid, for example, we could say sacrifice. That's something my my children use. And, you know, they're going to mess up the words from time to time. You know, don't don't jump on them. Sometimes children, that's their way of processing the language, understanding it. And sometimes as parents, we kind of freak out if they say something that sounds violent or sounds inappropriate. But, you know, we're helping them through that um, to, to speak in a way that makes sense. Um, but honestly, for us... I, I love to do the questioning method. I ask them questions. And then once I kind of, I think it's the teacher in me, you get like a background knowledge sense. What have they seen on shows? What have people told them? Or now give them something that will satisfy them and honesty. You know, so-and-so passed away. Like you said, they're no longer with us. Do you have any questions? You know, this means that there's going to be, uh, we have souls that continue. I mean, it could go really deep if you're if you really get into it. Well, but it's just talking. Well, based on that, I would say, based on what you just said, that the most important thing is don't lie to your children about it. 
because I feel like that's an instinct is you want as a mom to protect your children and kind of pull them away and keep them protected. But lying to them about what happened is not going to be helpful because some aunt or some uncle or some random person is going to tell them they're going to figure it out in some way or another, even little, little children. They kind of put the pieces together, even if they've heard something different. So I would say one of the important things is don't lie about what's happening, kind of give them the information as it's happening. And I'm speaking from personal hand experience because we had to navigate this. When my son died, he was six years old and he died just passing away in his sleep. He went to sleep one night and the next morning he didn't wake up. Nothing was wrong with him. We never found out what happened with him. So that circumstance was very unusual. And it's kind of hard to explain to a five-year-old. At the time, I had also a 17-month-old child who was you know, kind of like a baby. And then I was five months pregnant on top of that. So the situation in total was very difficult for our family. But I recall one of the things that we did was try to keep him informed of what's going to happen. So he sees all these people coming here. He sees that we're going to be going to the uh, burial ground. We would basically give him kind of like a debriefing or a rundown of what's going to occur for that day. So people are going to come to our house and then we're going to have food. And there's going to be a lot of people who are sad because they miss your brother. And explain to them in those circumstances kind of in a way they can understand what's going to happen. So they feel kind of empowered in that sense. And we actually had someone because during that time, it was hard for us. We had someone assigned to kind of take care of our child and kind of keep him away from a lot of people who were trying to be helpful, but they may have given him information that would be confusing. So I I think it was you and my brother, we had you kind of like around him to kind of protect him in that way a little bit so that in the moment, if I wasn't fully there to be able to take care of him, someone else was there to guide him and kind of protect him. Really good uh, tip for for families that might be going through something like that, because people will tell your child some strange things. (laughs) Yeah. And we had him actually come back and tell us oh, auntie, this said this, or uncle, this told us about this. Is this true? And we're like, where did you get this information from? Like, (laughs) it's not accurate at all. (laughs) So yeah, be aware that they will hear stuff from other people and you have to be the one to give them the right information or the information that you think would be more beneficial. And another thing that can be useful is to also keep your child's routine as consistent as possible. If you're someone who's going through this at the moment or you have someone that you know who may be going through it, try to keep it as consistent as possible. I know children, they'll want to go back to school right away. We took actually the whole week off when my son died for my son, uh, for the five-year-old to be able to kind of process and be with his family. And then right after he wanted to go back to school. So keeping that routine and, and making sure that they have that stability within them will be very helpful to them in trying to understand and process what's been going on. Yeah, I think you I think you touched Nabiha on some incredibly important advice. And uh, if you go through any type of death, I would say, you know, share this podcast with someone, re-listen to it, because when these things come up, you do forget and you do need to revisit. There's so much literature out there. There's so many people who are working towards helping people, a Muslim community members process the grief um, that of, of loss. But it's important that we don't forget our, our children in this process. I know I, I always 
uh, one moment that I remember in a show that I used to watch that's based in the 60s when JFK died. And a lot of the adults were really upset. And the culture of adults back then wasn't that sensitivity that we see today. They were basically like, tell the children, leave us alone. We're upset. Go figure it out. And a very like hard approach to the topic. And I think that's how many people like of that generation were parented about death. It was just like this cold, straight up, very, very straightforward, not putting that emotion in place. Um, and so we do want to have that right balance. Um, and then one thing I want to just touch on before we wrap up this podcast is the superstitions surrounding death, because there's so many different, I mean, I've, I have some family members that are prone to being superstitious um, when it comes to death. And so they bring this energy of, of fear and, you know, with the religious aspects of like, say this dua and don't go to this and watch out for the jinn and all these like, like taboo and, and these issues that, there's no need for, you know, there's no need for that level of anxiety. Death is a normal uh, part of what Allah created human beings to live and we die. And and so just something to keep in mind because it can mess up somebody's tawheed and kind of put you onto a really weird, you know, there's a lot of grave worshiping. There's a lot of bid'ah or innovative practices surrounding death. And so it's good for us now as we raise our families to figure out what we're going to do. Um, when we do have to make these decisions when it comes to death. Because this topic is so heavy and it can often seem overwhelming, as parents, we may not know the correct answers to their kids' questions. So it's okay to say, I don't know. You don't have to know everything in the moment. It's all right to just let your kids see the vulnerability in you and how you're feeling at that time and say, I don't know. What's going to happen now? I don't know. We're going to figure it out, though, as a family. We're going to come together and we're going to figure this out. And inshallah, Allah will not give us something more than we can handle. But don't be afraid to be vulnerable. You don't have to put up that front and feel like your your kids have to see you as the super mom at all times. It's actually important for them to see you in this situation. That Yeah, mom is crying. Mom is very upset because this was somebody who was very close to them. and in telling them that explaining to them you can also talk about the person share memories about the person and don't let that be something that you not allow laughter in your house because they're children they're going to laugh they're going to play they're going to have fun but encourage them to talk about the person if they've known them for their entire lives grandma i knew her my entire lives whoever it may be they have these good positive experiences. Let them talk and discuss and, oh, grandma did this funny thing. You know, I remember when that sort of thing, because it helps bring that communal effort toward everybody getting involved and kind of making it more positive because you do want to remember someone's life and their legacy and what they've left behind. You don't want it to always be something that's negative or something that just kind of knocks the wind out of you every time that you hear the person's name. Yeah. And and it's funny because people do feel like they have to tiptoe around saying a name if it's a, you know, like in your case, your son died, you know, people are nervous. Like, do we bring it up? Do we, do we, we, and it, it, there's no right answer. You know, I think the point is to just be there for the person and, and navigate it, you know, in a respectful manner um, based on your relationship with that person. Everyone processes, everyone deals with grief differently. And Nabiha, you, 
you said it. Kids are naturally curious. If you're not going to be the one to share this information with them, and this goes for all taboo topics, not that I believe death is taboo, but if you're not sharing it, you're not talking about it, they're going to try to find out and, and find that information elsewhere. So let's use this opportunity. You know, this is one topic that is really important. It's very relevant. We, when you start investigating it, you'll find that your children are getting exposure to death and this topic, uh, people passing away around the world constantly. Um, I have two students this school year whose fathers, both their fathers passed away from COVID, you know, and they're expected to come and perform like every other student. It's really sad. You know, it's the times that we're living in. And, you know, I can't imagine being a third and fourth grader dealing with that, but we have to allow ourselves to have these conversations. So let's go ahead. Um, I I think we've really gotten into quite a bit with this topic. And um, like I mentioned, if there's something that you're particularly struggling with grief, um, maybe listening to the episode on Yusuf might be helpful to you in the past season. Um, But we're going to go ahead and talk about what's next. So for my what's next, I would suggest everyone to have a conversation with your spouse on how you're planning to have this difficult conversation with your children. Inevitably, there's going to be some sort of death in in your family, and it would be useful to have the knowledge or the information that you plan to share with your children ahead of time so that you and your spouse are on the same page. And if you're someone who has already gone through this and you've already talked to your children about death, just check in with them and see if they have any further questions. Again, children are always developing and changing, so their questions might be different and they might want to have more of an in-depth conversation. So just check in with your children, check in with your spouse, and let's get these conversations going because it's really, really important. Yeah. And and along those lines, Nabiha, my what's next is actually to talk about a relative that you have that has passed away or a very close friend. Um, because it is good when things are not high pressure to begin, you know, talking about these things so that when we do get to a point where our emotions might get the best of us, we have a frame of reference. We could refer to uncle so-and-so or grandma, great-grandma, or whoever the relative might have been. And you could tell them about that person who passed away. And it also invites them to make dua um, and, and kind of connect to your family history. So I think that would be a really great starting point for you. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.